What it do, what it do, what it do. It's your boy B to the L A double K A Blacker. And I'm here. It's windy as hell in Lynchburg, Virginia. They're talking about getting some snow probably tomorrow. I don't know. But I just been tripping and laughing today. First of all, before I go any further, let me get a shout out to my son. His birthday is today. He just turned 17. Shout out to Kimari, aka Bino. He's somewhere doing his thing. But, uh, yo, it, this whole Gail King interview with, uh, what was it at the time? I don't know, Lisa Leslie, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> this whole situation, like, come on, Gail. The question with Kobe Bryant, or digging into the question about the whole rape allegation, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, for people, let's just be perfectly clear. You know, it it wasn't rape. At least he wasn't found guilty of. There wasn't any indication that it was or anything of that nature. So I'm not understanding why news media continue to try to call it something that everybody know that it's not. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on it. You're more than welcome to hit me up on Facebook or hit me up on the Anchor app, Anchor FM, anchor.fm, correct, slash clockwise, K-L-O-C-K-W-I-Z-E. And uh, my whole thing is, is that now Gail is trying to say or blame the network, to say the least. And I'm saying to myself, like, it does not matter. Gail's been in the game for just probably just as long as I've been born. So she know what questions to ask and what questions not to ask. Now, when Oprah took the route of trying to dig into Russell Simmons after it had been proven that there was nothing there and she was still digging and everybody jumped on her and I was like, okay, all right, that's Oprah. Blah, blah, blah. All right, she gets a pass, whatever the case may be. But Gail King, you don't get no pass. You don't get a pass in the black community when things of this nature happens. This man has lost his life in a horrific helicopter accident. His daughter as well, among seven other people. And, you know, instead of focusing on the legacy of Kobe Bryant and the things that Kobe Bryant was doing before his death, in the sense of being involved with women's sports, particularly with his daughters, as well as the WNBA gave support and a lot of love to, and uh, children's books, and a bunch of other stuff. But she had to go there, you know. Now, I gave, everybody gave her a props. Gail has done uh, some fantastic interviews throughout her, her uh, news career. And, uh, Everybody would all she will always be most famous for the R. Kelly interview. Sorry to say. <laughs> but she would probably be the most famous for that one. And uh that was a damn good interview. And then for her to go here with Lisa Leslie on the whole Kobe Bryant situation, man, was just a complete left. Something that I didn't expect from her. Something that I thought she would uh, truly understand being a pioneer in the news media for so many years um, 
to know that that question had no uh, significance whatsoever to what she was talking about or what the conversation was about. Whether it, whether she asked Lisa, Lisa Leslie if it was appropriate to speak on it or whatever the case had been, may be, whether it was a question that the producer may have given her and wanted her to ask and she looked at it and said, hell no. I mean, let's just face it. If, if, if it was something in the nature of suspension or causing her a job then not me personally i definitely would have not asked the question and took whatever repercussions they may have been afterwards you know and now she's been trolled on social media like crazy i mean she's getting slammed on social media by celebrities and you know just social media itself and uh of course, Oprah is going to speak out on her behalf and, you know, I mean, all of that. And now they're speaking about she's receiving death threats and things of that nature, which I find uh, totally uh, false. I really don't. A lot of times, believe it or not, saying that you're receiving death threats in certain situations, uh, in all likelihood, you're not. Because if you were, then why exploit that or say that or whatever on, on social media? You know what I mean? You know, but aside from that, uh, it's just crazy, girl, because I just didn't expect it. And her and Oprah, you know, the thing is, her and Oprah are, like, up there in the top tier of news media, and they are women in that, you know what I'm saying, in the, in the top tier of the news media, man. And, you know, for, like, the past couple months now, both of them seem to have stuck their foot in their own mouths. Ironically, it's those two and the best of friends, and I'll just leave it at that. But uh, it's yeah. I just said, man, this shit is funny right now because I'm like, everybody's just going ham on it, man. Like Snoop and just everything, man. Like all types of celebrities. Little Boosie, little Boosie was saying something about her, and uh. Man, just it's just crazy right now, man. So the only thing I can say right now is that she won't just had to weather the storm and ride this ship out, man, because she's the one that said what she said. Or better yet, she's the one who had asked the question that had no significance to the interview whatsoever. And she just has to own up to it. And alright, so aside from that, for those NBA heads. We had a real good trade. That's some real good trades last night. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they was the best, best trades, but there were some real good trades last night. There were just a couple teams that I was expecting to do something that, that didn't do anything, one of them being the Boston Celtics, you know, and the other one was being the Lakers, and they were talking about the Lakers was possibly going to add Darren Collison to the rotation sometimes uh, today, perhaps. Um, he was seen the other night at the game sitting with Jeannie Buss. So, you know, everybody saw that and let the speculation roll. Uh, Andre Drummond going to Cleveland really didn't make sense to me. They're, they're saying things now like uh, the, there's no need for the big man in the NBA anymore. <clears throat> and, and that's basically what they're saying. And it's crazy because that's what the league has always been built on. The league has always been built on the big man. You can go as far as back, if I'm correct, like the 1940s where there was the uh, Minnesota Lakers and you had the big man that was like seven foot something. Uh, what was his name, guys? George Mikan. 
Yeah, I mean, we could take it all the way back to Mike and to Kareem, to Russell, Wilt. You know, big man Shaq, the most dominant big man who ever played the game. And there's always been a great big man in every, in every era of basketball. And I get it. The three ball has taken the big man out of the game. To, but, and, but what people must understand is that it's not skill that has taken the big man out of the game. It's just the way the game has been played. So the big man is going to be the same position, sort of like the running back. They said it was extinct, extinct, and then there's going to be a big man. People, watch out for Zion Williamson. Watch out for Zion Williamson because he he's going to be this hybrid kind of big man to where he can run the floor. He can he can carry the point guard position. I've seen him do that, and he can play on the inside, and he has a nice jump on the outside. So the big man. The traditional big man is a lost art form, but to say the big man uh, is no longer needed in the NBA, I think is a is a a overstatement right now. And it's it's it's, uh, you know Clint Capella, the the Rockets dumped him uh, and sent him to Atlanta, and I don't think it was because of his play because. Clint Capella is a, is a damn good center. I, I just truly believe it had a lot to do with that. They have to dump salaries in order to maintain the backcourt that they have with Westbrook and, and, and Harden. So them getting rid of Clint Capella made sense to me from a cash, a money business standpoint. But I think they feel that, that void up with... Uh, Robert Covington and and just most of the teams in the NBA is going to run small ball anyway. The thing with the the thing with the Houston Rockets is that Clint Capella had brought them defense. He he brought them he brought them some type of rim protection to say the least. And now they no longer have that, so it's going to be very interesting to see exactly. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens from that point on. But. I truly believe uh, the trades really didn't benefit any uh, uh, actual um, championship competitor. Miami did get, I think they got a, a bump up as far as running deep into the playoffs with the addition of Iguodala and Jay Crowder. I think Iggs and uh, Iguodala and, and uh, Jimmy Butler that's going to be a nice defensive tandem on the wings in the East, you know. And you don't have a lot of star power in the East, and I'm not sure. You know, that's, that's why I was tripping off the whole Gannis versus LeBron as far as being captains and picking the All-Star team because I'm not really sure what the hell Gannis was doing, but, you know, I guess we'll see it all play out in a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, so I was really... I wasn't really that intrigued or as my aunt would say turned on for some reason so I wasn't really turned on about uh, any other picks trades that were made uh, the past 24 hours but I guess we'll see how it's all played out and uh, another little um, thing here for some reason 
the Cowboys is, I guess they don't want to pay Dak Prescott the money or whatever, but when people get to talking about franchise quarterbacks, everybody keeps saying Dak is a franchise quarterback. But what people must understand is that Dak was a franchise quarterback. He would have been signed already. A report says that they have offered him $33 million. And uh, Dak has turned it down on numerous occasions. So I guess he's looking for something in the 35 to $37 million range to where he wants to be the highest in the top five paid quarterbacks. And my thing is, is that if you, if you can... If you have gotten me to the Super Bowl or close to the Super Bowl, meaning AFC or NFC championship game, then I can consider you top five money. But and I and I get it, he's won <coughs> excuse me, he's won divisional titles multiple times since entering the NFL. He his his win percentage is almost one of the highest quarterbacks in the NFL, and I get it. And he led the NFL uh, majority of the season in touchdown passes as well as QBR. So I get all of the nice I get all of the nice looking stats, and I still don't see top five for the court for the for what he's asking for. I don't see top five. Um, I do see top 10. I could put him in the 10 around that 8, 9, 10 spot. And the thing is, is that I don't really think it has so much to do with him as it was coaching. And a lot of people are saying that the Cowboys are talented all over the board. But me, honestly, I don't see it. I see a talented running back in Ezekiel Elliott. I see a a, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, a 7.5, maybe 8 on a good day offensive line. I see a quarterback who's every bit of a, I give it a 7. They had, and on the defensive side of the ball, don't start with me. Ever since uh, uh, Vander Esch had went out, Jalen Smith was a shell of himself. Sean Lee is old. Byron Jones is a free agent. He's he's probably going to sign with somebody else. So the talent, Amari Cooper, please, don't get me started. So the talent that everybody is seeing could be just a bunch of smoke, uh, a bunch of names that's caught up. Because I don't I don't see talent like that. And don't get me wrong, I like I like I like all teams because I'm a fantasy football player. So I'm not bias to no point in team. I've root for the Cowboys just as well if I root for the Redskins or the Eagles, Giants, any other team because I like making money off them. So it's not being biased about anything or going against anything. I'm just calling it as I see it. If if Dak Prescott was a a a franchise quarterback, then he would have been paid already. They looked at Ezekiel Elliott and said, okay, he's a franchise running back. Him and Zeke both came in at the same year. Him and Zeke both put up very good numbers. Zeke ended up winning, if I'm correct, rookie of the year with the running back position. And 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 Dak was right there as one of the top young rookie quarterbacks or top young quarterbacks in the NFL. He's he's in 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 the uh, what four years, if I'm correct, that he's been in the NFL. He's won his division 
two in the, two of those years, three of those years, or something like that. He has a couple of playoff victories up under his belt. So I get it. He has a lot of success at a very young age. But in the NFL, it all trickles down to what have you done for me lately? And this past season, they went eight and eight. In their first three games, when they played against teams that was everybody knew that was going to be up under 500, and they went three and zero. Dak Prescott threw for a bunch of yards, a bunch of touchdowns, and barely an interception. You know, as soon as he got to teams that were going to be playoff bound or had already been in the playoff, then that's when you saw the true colors in the Cowboys. And it was just a bunch of back and forth BS all season long. And Jason Garrett was nothing more than an eight and eight coach. He, he, his first eight games when he took over against Wade Phillips, he went five and three. That was your first eight. And then he followed that up with a couple of eight and eight years. And then he had a couple of good years in there with 13 and three and 12 and four and things of that nature. But it never translated to anything that was really, really considered success. And Jerry Jones kept him for a whole 10 years. But, you know, me personally, like I said, I think Doc, Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. And I think he, I think he's actually going to flourish up under Mike McCarthy this year. And, uh, Kellen Moore continued to be the offensive, well, the, the, uh, the, the offensive play caller. And I think he's really going to flourish up under uh, Mike McCarthy and pretty much have the statistical year that he had last year, just a little bit better. But I think it's going to be a better team placed around him. Some way, somehow, they also are going to run a new defensive scheme with uh, defensive coordinator Mike Nolan. So that's going to be interesting to see. So nevertheless... <coughs> I continue to stay on that story, which I'm quite sure anyone that's a Cowboy fan or a Cowboy hater or a Cowboy Nation, wherever it may be, going to keep up with the whole Dak Prescott versus the Dallas Cowboys at the negotiation table. And it's also, I got a little, <coughs> little note here. Some people passed aside to me. It's about Antarctica and how it's... Uh, 18.3 degrees Celsius and 64.94 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, which is a record since 2015. I don't know too much about global warming, polar caps, icebergs, anything of that nature, but to hear things of that magnitude of a place that's supposed to be cold and they're saying that with that type of degrees there, it's just as warm as a typical day in San Diego. Like, what the fuck is that all about? And I'm like, so that's I'm like, yo, so and it, I when it when I when I saw it when I read it, I was like, all right, well, okay. But then I got to thinking about that shit. I was like, you know, maybe it is time. And maybe I'm just behind time, you know, and if I am, I take that. But maybe it is that it's probably time to, like, start digging deeper into, uh, you know, the global warming and things of these nature. People people will have got to start, like, looking out for these airborne sicknesses that are supposedly... Uh, you know, made in science labs and things of that nature. And I'm not sure if they are or if they're not. But it's, it's time that we start 
paying a lot more attention to our surroundings and, 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 and things and start siphoning through certain news ourselves and making sure that what we're hearing and what we're seeing is as is, is, is accurate and carries weight and carries truth to it and uh, yeah so the whole global warming thing I'm on board with it in the sense of finding as much information as possible and trying to spread the word around because those are the you know Antarctica was every is was a place and is a place it's supposed to be a lot colder than what it has been. And the record that was broken, if I didn't mention it, was a record that was had, had, had uh, stood since 2015. And so, you know, to hear about a place like that as warm as a place in, in, in Southern California, such, you know, such as San Diego, man, that's, 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 man, that's crazy. That's crazy. So yeah, so I would I I was gonna get to uh, a a uh, Black History moment. You know, I said I was gonna have one, and I ended up not having one today. So I'm gonna have to double up on that tomorrow. Because I did give one the other day, and I was looking through my notes here to see if I had wrote anything down that was uh, something I had planned for yesterday. No, but nevertheless, I did. So now I'm just going to sit here. It's uh, 6.15 East Coast time. And I also want to let you guys know that you can donate to the show as little as $1 a month would be greatly appreciated you can donate to the show for one dollar a month after i do this podcast here i will uh upload it on facebook and you can go to the link and i once again just one dollar a month you can donate and it would be greatly appreciated and i want to thank y'all for listening to me again it's your boy b to the l a double k eight blacker And I'm going to get with y'all tomorrow. Peace.